This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. I'm Tanya Eberhardt. I'm the founder of Brandface. Uh, we're known for building profitable personal brands, and our mantra is change how you're seen and charge what you're worth. Oh, that is so good because I feel like branding is seen as like these soft, fluffy skills. And I love it when I read and tie in branding with revenue because all of a sudden it clicks with people. So I feel like this is so great. I'm, I'm so excited, Tanya. Thank you for being here. I could talk about branding all day long. This is, you know, one of my favorite topics. So, but we're going to, you know, we have a limited amount of time today. So we're going to talk about specifically how bold branding can supercharge your client reviews. But let's just talk first about your, I feel like your tagline is a great place to start. So let's talk first about how it ties in with profit and revenue and in increasing growth and, and all of that. So let's, let's talk about branding in general, just as, as kind of a kickoff. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me, Karen. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. So yes, you know, about 11 years ago when we started the company Brandface, one of the first things we noticed is there are a lot of people out there talking about personal branding and there sure is a lot of fluff out there. And yes. we, they were saying things like, just be personal, show personal things on social media, be yourself, be authentic. And I'm sitting there thinking that does not explain how to build a personal brand. Yes, so the first thing yeah. we did was super simplify it for our client. And we created a formula for building a personal brand. Oh, um, awesome. Let's get into those, that. Okay. Because I right, feel cool. like, sorry to interrupt, but I feel like everything that you're saying leads to someone to believe that they can be like Kim Kardashian. And that is not the goal of a law firm, obviously, like that would be so weird if all of a sudden you're trying <laughs> to build that and feel really strange to the visitors who are looking at you like what is going on? And I see a lot of this. I'm sure you do, too, on social yeah. media where people think that's the goal. So you've got this formula. And how does that work? So it's, it's real simple. It's, we call it the 3D freedom formula. And the reason we call it the freedom formula is you are building a brand that gives you the freedom to be yourself and attract the people you want into your business and life and build the business and life that you deserve. And so that doesn't happen just by stumbling into it. Yeah. You have to create and set the stage for that. So the 3Ds are define, develop, and display. And if you want me to, I can walk you through real briefly what we do in each one. All right. I'm, so I'm writing the them down so that I can ask questions. Divine, okay. Define, develop, and display. Okay. You got it. So in the define phase, what we're doing is we're looking at who is your ideal customer. And okay. most people have more than one. Usually, you know, we like to say there's a primary ideal customer, there's a secondary ideal customer. But if you don't know that, you're already headed on the wrong path, right? Yes. Because how do you present yourself? How do you market yourself? Unless, first of all, you know who it is you're talking to. And yeah. second of all, you know what it is that will attract those people. So, okay, so let me give a couple examples because I feel like it helps 
to visualize this. So let's just say there's two different, I mean, there's a million different kind of practice areas and attorneys and everything out there, but let's just kind of focus on two very different ones. So you could be a very small town estate planning attorney. And we've worked with one client that I'm thinking of in particular that does elder law. So their clients are older. They clearly like just thinking about who that client is, you can automatically think about where they are online, which is not very many places, right? So maybe Facebook, but probably that's it. And so let's put those guys in one bucket. And then in the other bucket, we're going to have a very aggressive, very kind of revenue-driven personal injury attorney who Mm -hmm. is in a bigger market. Let's just say big, some, you know, let's just say Chicago. So their client is doing a completely different kind of search. They could be of a variety of different ages, depending on what's going on. And they are in a different geographic area as well. So let's kind of keep those two types of of people and search in mind as we kind of walk through this, because they're going to have different answers to the things that you're explaining. So in this define category, we're defining that elder law attorney and their ideal client as older, they're on a different kind of social media profile versus this urban, different age group kind of clientele. So let's kind of walk through that differently so that people can sort of in their own minds define what this means to them and their firm. Right. So so you touched on a, one very important thing. Who your client is also tells you where to find them. Yes. So so and that has that has a huge bearing on your success in your marketing. You know, where yeah. are you marketing? What message are you marketing with? What call to action, etc. So we have two very different types of clientele there, of course. So we start there at defining okay, who are the elderly people that want the estate planning, right? And yes. then, you know, from from you know my past experience in the media world it doesn't just stop there you need maybe that would be your primary if you were an estate planning attorney but your secondary would be their influencers their adult children and yes. so maybe getting to them on uh, digital assets would be very important as a secondary uh, ideal customer right. so you dial that in first and know as much as you can about that individual as possible and we don't i was just telling a, a real estate um, broker this the other day. I said, look, you d- don't worry so much about defining your clients as they buy these high-end homes in this area or they buy, you know, mid-level homes or their first-time home buyer or something like that. Look at them as, look beyond that. What other attributes does this person have? What are their pet peeves? What do they yes. really want in somebody they want to consider their advocate in this process? Are they looking yeah. for somebody more nurturing or somebody that just calls the shots and says, this is exactly the way we always do it. It works as a winning formula. Let's do it. Or somebody who says, hey, come on in. Let's talk about what this means to you. What are you seeking to achieve out of it? How does the rest of the family feel? And those are the things that those particular attorneys need to include in the in another part of the defined process which is their point of differentiation yes and okay. so every attorney out there has not just one point of differentiation they have multiple ones I've, different things make us different human beings let's face it sure. so in looking at the formula of how we do this it's like okay first of all what are those things that stand out about you as an attorney and then mixing it with 
what things your ideal customer appreciates, what things that are going to attract them on the other side. And that's why it's more important than knowing just what type of law you practice. Yes. You know, what type of attorney you are, right? Yeah. And in terms of figuring out what they appreciate, oftentimes this can be a mystery until you ask them. And so I feel like this is such a missing piece for so many people. And even for myself, when we're closing out a project and I send out a questionnaire and it's, and, you know, it asks them all kinds of different details about the project and whatever. How did they find us? And then what was a success and what part went really well? I'm always surprised by that. Yeah. And so there's certain elements that you just need to ask because you won't know what's inside, you know, their head and, and you can't get that out of, out of there until you ask. So make sure that's part of this kind of closing process for, for your cases and, right. and your kind of client systems. And and back to your topic of today, how they feel about you and what they appreciated most about you will come out in the review process. Yes, And so you can't skip that part. It's almost like you're executing uh, a survey at that point. And you're taking the high points of that survey and utilizing that as your, as your testimony. So, so I, I like that connection of those two things. Yes. So, so back to the define, we've got, you know, the ideal customers, we have the point of differentiation, and then we have the positioning. Now positioning is what we help them do because a lot of people say, if I knew how to position myself, I wouldn't need you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and this is, it's complicated. And so this is where we come in and it's, it, this is honestly, I feel like this is where most people get things wrong and because it's complicated and it's not something you learn in law school. And, but when it's right, this is where everything, all the other pieces fall into place. So this yeah. is honestly, I feel like it's probably the most important piece. Don't you agree? I, I do. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, and, but the positioning can't happen without, without the first two parts 100%, of the ideal yeah. customer. Like who are you reaching out to and what's different about you to attract them? And yes. then it's like, okay, let's position you in that space. Yes. And it can be any kind of positioning. I'll give you a really good example of a guy that I, I know him well. He's not a client of mine. He, he was already positioned really well years ago when I first met him. He is in the Atlanta market and he has billboards in downtown Atlanta that say yourbaldlawyer.com. Bald lawyer. Now here he was, here I am driving down through Atlanta because at the time that I met him, I was living in Columbus, Ohio. So I was flying down here to see my family, see a client of mine. And I'm driving past and I see this billboard and here's this bald guy on a billboard and it says yourbaldlawyer.com. And I thought, that is awesome. So I reached out to him. We've had several meetings and we've talked about a lot of things and I loved it because it's non-intimidating, number one. He's a personal injury attorney. And the one thing that he wanted to make sure he got across in his as pre- his presence is he did not want to be what he considered the typical attorney that's just you know looks angry on a commercial yeah. and talking about how important it is to be tough. Certainly nothing wrong with any of that approach. It just wasn't what he wanted. Yeah. And so when he did that, it became it, he just really skyrocketed in yes. his presence in this market. And when you get to his website. You go to, you know, see all of his digital assets, you'll find that he really is that more nurturing kind of a person. He's very, very experienced qualifications through the roof. And so all of that. Now that's, that's a, you know, one example, there are many, many ways 
to to position someone but it depends on your preference because if you if we don't if we work with a client and we don't position them in a way that they can wear that suit every day guess what they're not going to do they're not going to market themselves that way right yeah so they have to feel that brand and we call it breathing your brand and so that's another aspect of the definition phase is we've got to come up with something that they feel they can put on like a suit and wear it every single day i like that explanation because i feel like that's very easy to relate to that you've gone to the store, you found this suit and you're looking at it and you're like, this is what that other successful lawyer would wear that I'm trying to pretend to be. So I'm going to buy it even though it doesn't quite fit so well. And then it just sits in your closet. And we all have these things that we buy and we're like, I don't even know why I bought that. It doesn't fit me very well, but I bought it. Maybe I bought it because I was trying to be this other person and we all know how that feels. And so don't let it be this thing that just, first of all, that you're trying to pretend to be somebody else. And second of all, this thing that you buy that sits in your closet and you never put on. So true. I literally just had a client the other day send me Facebook cover photos of another person in their industry and it's in another country. And immediately I got it and I said, stop sending me other people's stuff, right? Yes. You're better than that. This, This is dark. This is unapproachable. This is not what you are at all. You like that look and feel, but that's not you. And he's like, you know what? You're right. Okay, yes. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> yes, and he was Honestly, so great about this it. This whole idea is this is such a major part of the work that we do is constantly the comparison. The grass yes. is always greener. Let me send you this website of this competitor down the street. I making all these assumptions based on what they're seeing from the outside because obviously they don't know what the numbers look like on on the back end. Right, but. Can you spend a minute? I mean, we've already talked a little bit about why that's, you know, not the right approach, but why should we not be continuously just taking, you know, the work that somebody else did and sort of like trying to just, I've had people contact me and say, I saw this website that you did for this other firm. Can you just throw our logo on it and, you know, call it a day? And it's like, oh gosh. I can't even begin to tell you how many reasons I have for why that's a bad idea. But let's try in like a minute to summarize like why, number one, why is that a bad idea? And why is that not going to work? Well, it's not just a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) Exactly. And it's not going to work because at the end of the day, that's not you. You may identify with what you see on a two-dimensional you know, or, or even one dimensional billboard, you may like what you see and think, Oh, everybody really thinks that person is very successful. I really like this part of the script and their, you know, their, their logo, or there's something about that visual representation that appeals to them. But if they really look deep inside and understand what they want out of life and how they want to be perceived by their clients, it will never, ever match up to what that other person's brand looks like because every single person is unique. And that's why you can't do cookie cutter personal branding because it's personal. Yes. It's very personal. But when they take the time to actually go through those steps, they don't even think about that other person anymore. Exactly. The very, the very best thing I ever heard from any client of mine ever came from a lady in New Orleans. And she said, Tanya, now I, when I, after I have built my brand, I realize I no longer have competitors. Yes. Think about that. That she is it. herself in a yes. category by herself. Yep, and exactly. That's when and that's she it. it. 
that's the goal. You didn't realize that until she got through the process. Exactly. But it's trusting in that process. And think about how much freedom that gives you because you're not just in this rat race then. And all of a sudden, so for myself, I feel like I'm in that same space. Obviously, I need to drink my own Kool-Aid. We've, we've spent so much time and effort on our own brand and strategy and positioning and all of that. So now it gets to the point where when, first of all, when you're on a sales call, when I'm on a sales call and I realize it's either not a good fit or they're trying to compare me to things like Squarespace, that's an easy conversation. And normally, if I feel like I'm, I or not normally, but under the opposite scenario where I would feel defensive and like I was in that rat race, I that would be upsetting. And that would be frustrating. But instead, when I have those calls, I'm like, yes, okay, I can first of all, I can talk you through this. Second of all, if you continue to believe that that's the right answer, then we're not a good fit. And so let's not waste each other's time. And so I can approach it from a very clean, healthy, strategic position. And oftentimes, like six months down the road, I get another call. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, you were right. That was such a bad idea. But sometimes, you know, people have to go through those exercises <laughs> to kind of learn those lessons. And occasionally, you such have a to, great, yeah. You have to remind people that they came to you to be different. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's why, what is the point of marketing if you're just going to kind of rinse and repeat what everybody else is doing? Like that, you know, that is not what we're here to do for you. Okay. So we were on define, develop, and then display is the third. Yeah. Yeah. So explain that. Okay. So we got through define. Now we're in develop and develop is now we're going to create all of the things that allow us to articulate the brand, to get it out there, right? To put into our marketing. So the development of a brand is in two parts, brand messaging or the story, right? And then brand imagery or the look and feel. So most people go out at completely backward, Karin. They say, okay, I'm ready to do branding. I need to hire a photographer. I need to hire a logo designer. And that's the first thing they think of. Okay. The very first thing they should be thinking of is what's the story? What is it that sets you apart? So here are five questions that if you guys get your pens out, because you will want to write these down. Five questions, very, we call them critical questions that every great brand must answer. Okay. Number one, exactly who do you serve? Number oh, two. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of that ideal client yes. that we talked about in, in the first, in the first step. Yes. Okay. Number two, exactly how do you serve them? Okay. What do you mean by that? Like, okay. yep. So what is office? it that you do differently, uniquely? Okay. How do you take them through the steps. Okay. What is it that you do for that client? Because unless you can articulate that, they're just going to put you in a bundle with everybody else. Yes. Okay. And then third is what qualifies you to serve them. Okay. okay. That's your experience. That's all your qualifications, your education, the background, all of that. Then how does it make their life better? You oh, have to, yes. be able to articulate that. Yeah. And then finally, what makes you different from everyone else who is also trying to serve this same client. Yes. Okay. So here's my question. So number three is your experience. How do you qualify to serve them? And then number four is how does it make their life better? When you are looking at something as simple as the website and that first impression, 
I always talk about how you lead with basically number four, how you make their life better, and then you support it with number three. Is that your same advice in this same process where you don't lead with where you went to law school? You That's kind of this, that's after you tell them how you can make their life better. Right. That's kind of the foundation that props up the purpose, your purpose. You lead with the purpose. The purpose is helping someone do blank, right? Yeah. Like who, who are you helping? So it yeah. all kind of goes together, right? Yeah. But I, I love your assessment, which is let's start with how we're going to make this person's life better. Okay. Right. And calling out who that person is. If yes. you're this person, like if you've experienced this, then this is going to, this is what the outcome that we want for you. This right. is why, this is who comes to us for help. Right. Yeah. And so articulating it that way is really important. So okay. totally agree with you on that. Um, okay. So, so the, yeah. so the five critical questions, number one, I'm just going to repeat them or, or have you repeat them really quick because I feel sure. like it, it, it bears repeating. I feel like they're so important in figuring out that positioning. And before you do that, what I want to say a couple things about what they, what I didn't hear. I didn't hear you say anything about like state your, the city that you, that your office is located <laughs> in. I didn't hear anything about tell me how many millions of dollars you have won for your clients. And I didn't hear anything about like, Put your headshot front and center and tell me about your team from the beginning. Obviously, that kind of qualifies under the, some of that qualifies under the experience. But once again, we're not going to lead with that. We're leading with the problems that you're solving and how you serve them and who they are. So really quick, the five questions. Number one, who you serve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two, uh -huh. Two, how do you serve them? Yep. Three, what qualifies you to serve them? Four, how does it make their life better? And five, what makes you different than everyone else also trying to serve that same customer? Okay, I love it. Okay, so kind of rolling into, you know, as I was saying, the things I wasn't hearing, what are some of the things that you see people get wrong about all of this? You know, those five questions specifically, but, you know, branding in general. Number one would be focusing on things that don't matter. Yeah. Um, that that's, that's a big and focusing more on your accomplishments than your client's needs. That's a big one. But a lot of people just like throw the kitchen sink at everything. You know, if you've got a billboard, you've got 18 things on it. If you, yeah. you know, if you're running a, a TV ad or do a YouTube video, there's stuff all over the screen. Stop the insanity would be my yes. <laughs> advice. Focus is, on focus, focus, so focus. Yeah. So I have a lot of clients where they'll come to us with these kind of out, not kind of very outdated websites that, that were in that whole strategy that was probably eight years, eight, 10 years ago, where it was like bombard the website with every keyword. And lawyers loved this because they love to just like use all the words just in case right. there was a word they forgot. Let's throw in five more. So this doesn't work anymore. This no. doesn't work for SEO. Google does not like it. But also it doesn't work for regular human beings. Nobody wants to wade through all of that content. So they're just going to go on to the next one. But when it comes to... So when we walk through the process and what we're going to do, we always talk about, okay, we're going to scale back this content. It's going to feel a little scary. And we're going to make it very succinct. And we're going to probably delete, especially on your homepage, 
lots and lots of words. Lots of stuff. Yes. So <laughs> there's a lot of fear around that though. So when we first start doing that, they're like, wait a minute. And they kind of push back and that freaks them out. So yeah. let's talk about that for a minute and why it works better and why it it lands better with a human being. Yeah. Okay. So I relate that a lot of times to choosing an ideal customer. Fear of focus is the number one failure of businesses. Like that's where yes. they all fail. They have a yes. fear of focus. Yeah. So, so if, for instance, across the board, most of the time, people can't name a certain segment that they service. They say, well, I'll work with anybody, right? Right. And I think, well, you know, that old country song, if you don't stand <laughs> for something, you'll fall for anything, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it is that focus because the goal in marketing is to number one, achieve identification. And what I mean by that is you look at my brand and you say, that's what I need. That's me. I identify with that. I need what they have to offer. They service people like me. And when you're, when you feel that way, you feel special. Thus the word specialization, specialize in something. Yeah. You don't specialize in anything if you do everything. Right. And yes. we, we like to say, if you try to help everyone, you're just going to help yourself right out of business. So, <laughs> so you have to so really true. <laughs> it is very true. It is very true. So, so it is just like that. When it comes to a website, if you're trying to communicate everything on the homepage, your bounce rates are going to be through the roof Yeah. because yeah. what's the number one goal of getting them there? Okay. Let's keep, keep this in mind. You've, you've probably spent a lot of money to try to get them to a website because the SEO tactics of burying four paragraphs in the footer of your site are not working anymore. They don't, right. they stopped working like 20 years ago. Yeah, it did. Okay. So, so, so those tactics are gone. So when you spend all this money or time or effort to get people to your website, what is it that you want them to know? You want them to identify with you, first of all. You do want them to see your face. That's yeah. because people do business, don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. Yeah. You don't need to be, you know, propping your, you know, leg up on a chair behind this, you know, very slick <laughs> yeah. with a bookshelf right. behind you necessarily. Right. You oh want to be the approachable. There's, yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. that balance between professionalism and personal touch, right? That personal connection. And yeah. so you definitely, uh, an approachability is the number one thing we look for in a good photo shoot. Yeah. But you want that, you want to be front and center when they get to your website at some point, because you want them to associate that feeling of having their problem solved with this person that can solve that problem. Right. And you walk them through, is this you? Have you experienced this? Here's who I've helped. Here's how I've helped them. Here are my qualifications, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So, so taking, I call it the homepage journey, yes. the homepage journey. So it's like, who are we? What do we do? How do we serve you? Right. Those kind of things. And not necessarily in that order, but those things, answers to those five questions need to be on the homepage. And I'm not talking about paragraphs long. Do not no. do that. Everybody listen to Karin is what I'm oh, saying. Oh gosh. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now let's get into the idea of reviews because I don't have a smooth transition for this, but this is, th yeah. this is kind of 
like we're assuming you've gone through this process and you've now got them into your firm, you're working with them now. And this again, there's some fear that my clients have had around this. How do I ask for a review? Where do I send them? What if they say something that isn't correct? Or, you know, all, all of these questions come up. So how do reviews go hand in hand with branding and, and how does it help? Yeah. Okay. So if you do a really good job at branding yourself and you ask what I call leading questions in the re at, at, when it comes time for a review, hey, would you please say something? Would you please do a review and, and let people, let other people know how you feel about blank, right? Yeah. Lead them into that brand just a little bit. Yes. And, and, you know, for, so for us, if I were to say to you, Hey, Karen, would you, you've said so many nice things. Would you be kind enough to like do that in a Google review? I yeah. can either sum it up for you, what you just said and send it back to you. And you can critique and make sure that that's exactly what you said. But I love what you said about now your brand is profitable. Yes. Now your brand yeah. is aligned. Now your brand is concise, right? You see how I use that word profitable because we're known for profitable personal branding. Yeah. I really would. And I see now you're making more money per client and now you're able to charge what you're worth, right? Can yep. you lead something to that effect for me? That would be wonderful, right? And that's how you do it. Another tip for, for people is the very moment somebody gives you a really great compliment, you don't have to be all the way through the process of working yes. with them. You could be four weeks into the process and they say something really kind. It's like, that is so nice. Like, yep. I know it may be early to ask for this, but would you be so kind as to put this in writing for me? I mean, I yes. would really appreciate that. And, and as a matter of fact, I'll do the same for you because I've gotten to know you well enough now that I know the type of person you are. Even if I don't work with you, I know the type of person and you're exactly the type of person I would choose. I'll do the same for you. So reciprocation wanna, is another yes. one. Okay, so I just want to underline two things that you said. Earlier, you were mentioning about getting reviews that align with kind of search terms and keywords and things that are part of your brand. So you were saying for you guys, if you heard the word profitable, that obviously aligns with the way that you guys brand your right. firm. And so if someone says something like, hey, oh my gosh, this brand is so great. All of a sudden I raise my prices and you know, I'm making more money and whatever. And it's like, bing, there's like a light bulb there right. where now you're asking for a review, but it's not just like a, Hey, they're great. I will. I loved working with them. It's specific to the kind of searches and also the way you're branding your firm. So let's say that you are that bald lawyer and you're trying to position yourself as approachable and great and whatever. And someone says something along those lines, then you want to phrase that review using those words because it attracts more of the same of that kind of stuff. Yes. So I just wanted to underline that because I think it's really strategic and super smart. And then the other thing is timing. So then you were talking about asking them at any point and the timing is most important from what I've recognized at a positive moment. So it doesn't matter if yes. the positive moment is early, mid, later, three weeks later, next year, it doesn't matter. But at a positive moment when they're feeling good. So I use this example all the time. I'm a big fan of Trader Joe's. And what Trader Joe's does that is genius for marketing is their sample thing. And obviously things have changed since COVID, but they still offer samples and they're not doing it just because they're nice. They know that you're way more likely to feel gratitude and obligation. And so as soon as they're having that feeling of gratitude and obligation, 
then they have the cookies sitting right there and you're way more <laughs> likely to buy them. So use that. Use the idea of like they're saying something nice. They obviously have that feeling of gratitude. So use it, you know, to kind of better your business. Hey, that's so great. I appreciate that you feel this way. And I do agree this whole idea of drafting the, the review for them. Just send it over. So and then a link like here's the link. Click on this link, copy and paste and we're done. And thank you so much. And all of a sudden your reviews skyrocket. Like all of a sudden it's easier. You've got tons of them. Awesome. Reciprocation, another huge yes. one. If I yes. offer to do the same for you, I can do that, you know, as, as a, what do you call it? Just a good character testimonial, right? Yes. Like yes. I, you know, I, I appreciate his approach to this or this, right? Yeah. It doesn't say, say I'm his client. Right. Exactly. I've worked with them and they're very, even if it's worked with them as the, you can even say they were a client of ours, but their attention to detail yes. is amazing or That's their exactly follow through or their personality is what, and you can rightly and, and legally and honestly say exactly. these things about their personality and their character. Like that's, that's, you know, there's no issue. A character with witness that. in legal terms. How about that? Exactly. Perfect. I love it. Okay. Awesome. It is time for the book review. So if you haven't checked out our library, we have this awesome. And before we get to that, I, I also wanted to mention your book. So you guys have a book about branding. So let's spend a minute on that and then we'll get to your book re recommendation. Absolutely. Ours is called Brand Face for Entrepreneurs. And okay. it basically takes you through the journey of how to position yourself and how oh. to like this, the building blocks, if you will, of building a personal brand it gives you lots of great ideas to help you market that personal brand as well. Okay. Brand face. We'll link to that on the show page as well. But then you also have a recommendation for a business book that you want the audience to be familiar with. We'll put this in the library as well. So Tanya, what's the book recommendation you have for us. Okay. It's called Age Well and Feel Great. And it was written by a client of ours, actually. His name is Al Lyman. And in going through the branding process, uh, we have branded him the Age Optimizer. His tagline is live stronger in your second half, because what he does is he helps people over 50 with their health span, not lifespan. Lifespan is how long we live. Health span is how long we live healthy. Right. Oh, I and, love it. And I'm actually about halfway through that book right now. It is a big comprehensive book, but he doesn't miss a thing. And I've learned so much about every facet of my health. I really just want to be a healthier person. And yes. I don't want to do what we call the doctor dance later in life. I don't want to oh, go to my different doctors no. like my family members are going through right now. Many of them. Right. I don't want to be in that spot. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to avoid that, to try to live a healthier life. So I love this. I feel like this is a major topic that everybody, and, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger as our aging population grows. But I also want to tie this back to branding. And this may seem like a weird left turn, but I do feel like if your brand has not been developed well, it's not going to age well. And so it is going, you are going to do this dance where you're describing like this doctor dance. It's going to be the equivalent in marketing where you're like trying TikTok or you're trying this and you're trying to address the symptoms of a failing brand with things that are not going to help. And they're only going to create frustration. And you're going to spend a lot of time and money on the source of the problem is, you know, not a great brand. And so when you build a fantastic brand that is truly built on your unique offering, serving a specific targeted market, 
Your results are going to be long. And then you don't have to keep reinventing that time and time again. It's it's like buying anything of quality and investing in anything of quality. All of a sudden, it's got way more longevity. And you know, over time, there's going to be core elements that you can continue to use for the long term instead of kind of pivoting and changing things and confusing your potential clients over time. So I do love the topic, but I do feel like it also totally relates to branding. It totally relates to branding. And when I say, you know, doctor dance, it kind of makes me think of, okay, what about the marketing tango, right? Yes. Let's look at, let's look at it in ballroom dancing terms, right? So yeah. marketing, you, when you said you just get confused and you go in like dance all around it, like, you know, Al's book talking about how to age well and feel great. But this is like the tango is known for this love hate relationship expressed as a dance, right? Yeah. And it yeah. is a love hate when you figure out, oh, this marketing looks great, but oh my gosh, it doesn't work. But this yeah. sounds great, but it doesn't work, right? right. And right. so that is, it's so, you're so right. And that the ability to have a fantastic brand that's super dialed in will take you through the rest of your professional career. If you get 100%. that story dialed in, look at it this way, the story and where you got to right now and why you started the business, helping the people you helped and how it changes their lives. That story for you doesn't change. Yes. Certain little aspects here and there change that you can certainly tweak as time goes by, but your core of your brand story does not change. And if you do it right, it will last you the rest of your life. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's such a good tie-in. I love, like, it seemed like sort of random and not connected, but we brought it together. That was we so did. great. We yeah. did. Awesome. Okay. So Tanya, what is a big takeaway that you'd love? I mean, we covered so many different things about branding and how to do it right and how to make money from it and how to get reviews and all that good stuff. So what's a big takeaway that you'd like people to get from the episode? So I, I just want everybody to understand that when you come into a branding journey like this, it can be very intimidating. Sometimes you're not sure what to expect. You think you're going to walk in and somebody's just going to say, here's your brand. Now go and put yes. it into practice, right? Not realizing it's a very collaborative, in-depth effort that you're going through, but super simple in the process. The one thing I want them to know is everyone is a star. So when somebody asked me years ago, they said, I, I received this DM through LinkedIn from a guy. And he said, Hey, Tanya, make me a star. And I immediately, without even thinking twice, hit him back. And I said, we don't make stars. We unveil them. Oh, and that became, I love that. <laughs> that yeah. became a, a tagline or mantra of sorts for us from years and years ago. Yeah. And I just want everybody to know that the reason people look at other attorneys, for instance, and say, I want to be like that guy and admire that is because they're not seeing the star within themselves. And if they can stop for a moment and see that, they'll truly have no competitors ever again. I love that so much because I'm sure you get this all the time, like you were just describing and we're, we're, we're trying to have this dialogue and we're trying to make this, this project kind of move through the regular steps of the process. And the feedback is, I don't know, you're the expert. 
And it's like, no, 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 I am the expert about how we're going to do this and how I'm going to, you know, make this look great and, and appear great and the messaging and all that. But you are the expert on you. I don't know your firm. Exactly. I don't know, you know, the, the elements of what your clients are talking to you about. I don't know what happens when you pick up the call and walk them through and convert them to being a client. I don't know any of that stuff. So there is, there is, it's really important to recognize that this is a mutual project and it requires elements of both of us being involved and engaged for it to work well. Partnership is the key word. It, yeah. it is a partnership. And, you know, if you're not willing to come into it and, and spill, right. And say, okay, this is where I, my story, this is like really where it came from. And these are the things that are really important to me and why I'm doing what I'm doing with great passion. You're yeah. never going, your marketing is never going to showcase that. Yes. It's never going to work. So, awesome. but if you can do that and you can be a true partner with Karen and talk to her about here's where I'm really coming from and here's who I really want to attract and here's something about me you didn't know. If you can share those things with her, you're going to have a website that will kill it. That's it. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And those are the ones that work the best. And it, it seems like an easy formula, but you know, you and I both know it's complicated and you had, there's, you know, iterations, you got to go through it. There's a process, takes time and effort, but when it's done well, it does work. And there's nothing more rewarding than getting those emails about how it's finally working. Like everything, yes. all the pieces are coming together and it's working. And where we started this whole episode and conversation is how this then ties to their profit. And that's the end, at the end of the day, that's the goal. It's not to look pretty. It's not to do any of these other yeah. things. It's to make more money. Yeah, <laughs> so. We like to say, turn your purpose into profit. That's it. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Tanya Eberhardt is the founder of Brandface. We will link to your book, your site, all your socials, all that good stuff on the show notes. But thank you so much. This was such a useful and helpful conversation about branding. I appreciate you being here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Karin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.